What's up? Welcome to the Confluence VC podcast. This podcast is meant to give you a personal glimpse into the next era of investors and operators. This week we got on Dustin McCaffrey with Marvel. Marvel helps businesses outsource their content creation and it specializes in blogs and other forms of written content. We use them for a lot of our content and we would recommend them to anybody listening to this. In this talk, we discuss winning the SEO game, why every company is becoming a media company, and overcoming bottlenecks as a founder. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Yo, everyone, welcome to the Confluence VC podcast. Today we have a great guest as part of our founder and startup series, which is going really, really well. And this one happens to be one that we hold near and dear to us because we use it ourselves. We actually pay for it and have no sponsorship. So uh, welcome, Dustin from Marvel.so. It is an awesome platform for automating and optimizing your blog creation. Uh, Dustin, why don't you say what's up and, and tell the world how you're, one, how you got here, and two, how you're helping us make Confluence a better place. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the intro. You said it uh, better than I really could myself. I think, uh, yeah, the, the pitch on the business is pretty straightforward, right? Because, because everybody needs a blog. And so, uh, you know, I think, I think every company, you know, is seen as a, a media company today, no matter what, what you're doing. And so blogging is a big part of that, this, this content creation. So I, it's been awesome having you guys, uh, as, as early customers here, but, I guess starting uh, back at the beginning, so I, I was studying marketing in school uh, and it was all right, but I'm not, I wasn't very traditionally interested in school. And so I, as I was studying marketing, I got interested in entrepreneurship and ended up teaching myself how to code because I didn't want to pay anybody to build a website for me, like for any of these entrepreneurial sort of ideas that I had. Uh, and so I ended up going into just like online, finding as many resources as I could to, to build my own website and ended up getting sucked into this, this sort of, uh, you know, to me, coding is like building with Legos, but also learning a language at the same time. So it's like every new word that you learn, like in a language, but then you get to use each word as a building block. Um, and so I, I like got sucked into this, I ended up loving it way more than I ever thought I would. And and so that was sort of the start of my journey. I, I had marketing background in school, but then ended up uh, learning how to code. I was kind of torn between these two worlds. Um, I ended up dropping out of school because I once I knew how to code, it, it just felt like a piece of paper to me. And so then I went into to engineering after I tried all these sales jobs and, and it wasn't really my thing. And so then I ended up getting a job as a program. I never thought I would get paid to do that. I just kind of learned it for, for fun. And, uh, and then that, that completely changed my world. And, uh, and, and pretty quick after that got into, again, like I, I was only employed for maybe a year and a half before jumping 
on my own again. Started a, an agency where we did design and development um, after quitting my job after about a year and a half. And then ended up starting a startup where we raised a bunch of money. It was in the restaurant industry and, uh, and, and moved from there into, into then uh, the pandemic hit. Wasn't great in the restaurant industry, so our whole business collapsed. Moved back into to doing some freelance consulting and uh, then back into employment. And now I've started my own, my own thing again. So it's sort of this, this circle in my life. Um, but Marvel's the first thing really that, that was such a straightforward offering and, and it was something that just clicked with people uh, so quickly that, that it's been life-changing for me. And it's only been a few months. I started at the end of October. Um, yeah, and it's, it's been amazing <laughs> so far. That's awesome, man. You want to give a, a, a somewhat elevator pitch to the to the community? Yeah, a lot of them are own blogs. A lot of them are uh, actually pretty good at it. <laughs> like, if you look at our <laughs> newsletter, it's mostly like uh, for us bias. So a lot of our content is from our members. So I would I would assume that a lot of them could use the list. Yeah, you know, I think writing is something that's similar to design where kind of everyone has opinions on writing and everyone has opinions on design, right? Like if you're a designer, your clients are always saying like, hey, make the logo bigger, change the color, round the corners. It's because everybody has an opinion on it, even if they're not an expert, whereas most people don't have opinions on electrical engineering if they don't really have any, any experience with it. Writing is very similar. So most people have opinions on what makes writing good. And, it's, and, and there are some things that are uh, you know, very objective with that. But then there are a lot of things that are just opinions on what makes writing good. Um, at the end of the day, you know, even if you're writing your own content, even if you have time to write your own content, then that's something that that's taken a lot of time away from your other important, you know, critical activities that you should be doing as a founder or as an early team. Uh, Marvel just writes blogs for you. We do, we do SEO, search analysis. We, we do topic generation and and we actually write the content and and on annual plans we even publish for you so it's we're just trying to take as much of that content creation process when it comes to blogs off of you know founders and early teams hands and and uh you know just have a process for creating good content for you and building seo that's really really cool so for you all uh to get a little bit more detail are you all do you all have like teams who are doing this or is it a ton of ai like how does it work like if our users or Confluence members were to join you all? Yeah, I get this question a lot. So the, the idea from the start was to use more and more AI over time without it really being noticeable, uh, but start with, with just humans. So I have full-time writers um, that are just part of the team. They're amazing. Uh, that's one of our, like early on, I knew that was going to be a difference between us and, and other companies that do this as, as, you know, kind of a blogging productized service. Um, a lot of these companies have this network of, of freelancers and you end up with, with this mishmash of, of different like writing talent and people that are good in different areas. And so you don't really get, you know, when you give feedback, it doesn't really carry over to your next articles or your next month that you pay for and so for us, it's like, you know, your feedback is going to the same person. Uh, you know, there's a lot of communication back and forth on, on articles and revisions. And, and you have a relationship there with, with your writer. Um, and so, you know, I forgot what the original question was, but. <laughs> no, no, that, I, think, I think that's perfect. 
I think that's perfect. Um, it reminds me of a lot of uh, there's like these executive assistant startups that have been popping up, mm-hmm. and uh, effectively they'll use like a B2B version of like a Calendly kind of thing. But the truth is, you have an awesome executive assistant who will answer all your questions. You get to know them well. But in this, it's like that plus like an incredibly difficult skill, like sitting down and writing and like truly bringing value to people who are arguably as smart as you are, if not smarter, uh, like at least in our <laughs> group of people. It's, uh, that's, that's incredibly valuable. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, right. So to go back to the question, I remember where this all started. AI, we hope to use more over time, but right now it's mostly for like generation of ideas. Make sure there's no like, we don't have, none of our writers have this sort of blank page syndrome where you don't know where to start with an article, but, uh, but really all of the content, you need some, you know, most businesses want to connect with their their potential users, you know, our site visitors, any any reader of your blog. You want you want your content to be understandable, to be enjoyable, to be engaging. And so right now AI just isn't there. But but we hope over time, you know, you wouldn't even be able to tell. Maybe quality even gets better over time. Um, but more of that happens with the AI. Um, but yeah, you said it exactly right. Um, I think you can't fake content. Google also like to be able to rank they're focusing more and more on quality of content the amount of time people are spending on your articles do they go to other articles or go to your main site after reading all of this is to help like gauge how good your content really is is this just like a keyword dump to try to to rank on google or is your content actually helpful and so everything's focused on on quality at this point which really is the way it has to be Um, and google realized that a while back so like you can't you can't fake it and you can't really like I, I think our our service is fairly affordable um maybe not for everybody but for most businesses it's fairly affordable uh but you can like you could go out and pay somebody 50 bucks for an article but then you just end up with usually it's like either just a keyword dump um where it's not really good content or it's like under researched or you know there's just so many errors or you know a, a lot of grammar mistakes so you yeah, you, you pay for what you get. And right now, helpfulness is, is the key. I've made that mistake. So I can personally. Have <laughs> I've been there too. You know, I've been there. He's like, <laughs> a big fan of playing, paying for what we get. He, he's not the, uh, he's not as conservative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like we tried out fiber and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Just like everything you were just saying about some of the issues with, finding quality writers is resonating with me because yeah we had the same issue there it's tough and then you end up spending like as much time managing these these yeah. writers as you would have just writing it yourself and yeah so, that was the biggest issue it's just like i'll pay you money but like i just don't want to do it <laughs> yeah writer. i don't want to like then edit revise send it back like i don't know it's just not worth it so that's the whole thing and for us you know maybe the first month it doesn't quite hit maybe the tone that you wanted or, or something. And then we revise it. Well, the next month, we already know that. We've got that dialed in. It's the same writer that's got that feedback from you. And so like the goal for us, and this is part of why in our annual plan we'll publish for you, is like the goal for us is for you to not worry. You just know it's gonna be good every time. You're not gonna have to stress about it. You just know your SEO is building over time. And SEO is a long-term play, you know, so like you, it is this kind of slow burn. So if you're spending a lot of your time on it and not seeing results, it's easy to get antsy. But you know, when you just know you're gonna have quality content every month over time, like it's a lot better of a feeling to, to build that up for your business. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good foray into the next question, which is for those who haven't started their own blog, why do you think it's so important for them to do it? Um, so like SEO discoverability, like what are some of the other reasons and, and what is some of the actual impacts you've seen from some of your customers or like, I know for us, our business is literally built on it. So, <laughs> um, I would love to see how your, your customer base has been thinking about it or what you've seen. Yeah. So there, there's a few things that are really cool about our model. We, we kind of front load, uh, search analysis and like a content strategy at the beginning when we when we work with people. So if you don't already have some sort of a content strategy, there's a spectrum of of businesses, right? So we work with some businesses that are like, oh, here's our here are our content pillars, and here's a, like a hundred ideas that we already have. We we've spent a ton of time on this. We just need the writing done. And there's other people who are like, I haven't thought about this for a second. We're too early, but I know I need to start on this. Um, and so part part of what's cool is we'll actually work with you on that do some search analysis, come up with a somewhat repeatable content strategy where you're not coming up with new ideas and topics, but you have like a, kind of a theme that you're writing on so that over time you know where your topics will land um, and, and you'll know what kind of keywords you're building up. So I would say that for a founder, you know, all of this, this unknown, I, I think most people know if I want to rank better on Google, I need a blog. I need some sort of a content strategy. I have no idea where to start. Um, even if I don't do know where to start, I just don't have time to, to spend on that. And I don't necessarily know what's going to work for my business. So what we've seen is, you know, founders who know nothing about SEO, nothing about keyword research. They don't, they don't subscribe to any of the tools that they would need. They don't know how to measure impact. Maybe there's a, a lot of pieces to this puzzle that, you know, and, and so a lot of founders are like heavily involved in product and customer support and they just have too many things going on. And so we've seen on both sides, both like articles that are shareable that can bring in immediate traffic and on the side of SEO starting to build up. Granted, we're pretty early. Like I said, we're like three months in. Most articles take three to eight months to really start hitting their stride and, and rank. So talking about like impact, it's mostly been early impact. Founders, like when you see good content, you pretty much know it's good content and that that it'll do pretty well as long as there's obvious keywords that you'll rank for. So we're just now starting to see more impact on, on search results. Um, but it's still pretty early there. That's one of our next goals, by the way, is to, to write case studies and get more testimonials of, of real numbers and impact here. Um, but it's like this three to eight months zone is where a lot of that's going to start happening for us. Yeah, we'd be happy to be one. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. For your for your customer base, or just generally for startups, content creators, etc., how do you think about blog content living on the website? Like I know Clay spoke about uh, some people worrying about navigation being sacrificed as they layer on more and more components and pages to their websites. How do you think about it? Like, what's the proper strategy there? Yeah, yeah. the thing about this, we're like just for more context. Like, I was just looking at your website. Like, the reason we signed up so quickly is like it was so easy to navigate. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like three buttons, they all had the same call to action, and the call to action was like sign up to be a customer. And you had the cool yeah. uh, calculator piece like that. Um, <laughs> but like adding more layers to that, it would help with discoverability, but then navigation is sacrificed. At least that's how I'm thinking about it. But curious to get your thoughts. Most people will link to their blog in the footer. Um, I, I wouldn't make it, I, I would usually not recommend making it in your main navigation. 
I think um, you're right to think about you want to with, with a landing page, you know, with that first page, somebody hits your homepage or your website, you want to have a pretty good idea of where that's going to lead people, at least the majority of people. So as soon as you add a blog link to the top of your site, you're going to start funneling people into content, which this is actually usually the exact opposite of the, the funnel you want. Usually you want to rank on Google and, uh, and other search engines and then you want that traffic of, of somebody just hitting, you know, they type in something that's high intent search for your business. If I'm selling ice cream and somebody's searching like, what's the best ice cream in, in Nashville, then like, hopefully I come up. Right. And, and with, with local businesses that can be a little more complicated because there's like Google my business. But then along with that, you, you just have people ranking for, for these, these articles and that helps bring up your, your search. So if I go to an article that says, uh, you know, top 10 ice cream places in Nashville. And I actually wrote that as my business. And like mine is, is maybe the first one on there. Then all of a sudden they go from reading my article then to my site. And that's always the goal. It's like, read the article, maybe go to another article and I'm still building this rapport with whoever's reading. And then they go to my site and then they hit a call to action. So I, I don't usually want to lead people away from my site into my content. It's usually like the content is the net that brings them into my site. So I, I wouldn't ever make it like a very primary navigation, but it can, it, it's helpful for it to go in the footer of your site so that it's still like a, a link to the site, which helps with just site maps and, and making sure all your content's linked. Yeah, that's really smart. Never thought about it like that, but totally see what you're saying. It's like, especially with the funnel piece, like goal of site visitors is to convert those to customers, not to redirect them and get them distracted. Like, yeah, you've already done like they're either already customers or they have an intent to like see what you're already up to. Yeah, and and so it's that that's kind of the opposite of, of what you're looking to do. Yeah, it's good advice. Last time you caught up with Clay, I heard that you all were just experiencing way too much demand, which is a, a startup problem that very. <laughs> what's the what, how's that going? What's the bottleneck you're seeing today? And uh, how are you thinking of overcoming that to continue scaling? Yeah. Uh, so I've taken like two weeks off of, of marketing. Most of my marketing happens through, through Twitter. I haven't tweeted for two weeks. Um, it's a dual thing. I, I've had my, me and my family, we've all kind of like been going through COVID. So that's been hard. But then at the same time, I was like, I'm just going to take a break from, from growth. We're just going to focus on solving. Like you said, you know, there's bottlenecks in the business and, and still processes that we have to nail down to really be able to keep scaling. So, um, yeah, what I'd say really is my own time is the biggest bottleneck in the business. Um, it's been difficult for me to find the right people to handle certain things that I do. So like adding images to articles has been me, uh, doing initial search analysis, SEO has been just me, uh, I'm like the primary editor for most content. So, so even just, I mean, imagine reading 200 articles a month, like with the mindset of I, what do I have to change? What do I have to do? And then even, you know, often making those changes myself because it's just faster because I'm in there. So I, like the load right now for me is huge. Um, so I, I've been starting to work on uh, hiring both in-house and and uh, some contractors to handle some of these things that are kind of secondary pieces of, of the business while keeping most of the, the writing in-house. That's difficult. It's really hard to replace myself for things that I feel like I'm naturally pretty good at. Um, 
And so that's my biggest struggle right now is like finding the right people to handle the jobs. And, um, and, and there's like a good amount of burning cash while I'm looking for the right people because I need to, you know, I'm like, when I hire a contractor, I'm like, I'll try five, maybe one of them feels good enough. And then a week later, it turns out they're not good enough. And then I go back and I try five, five or 10 more. And so that process of finding the right contractors is, is painful, but at the stage we're at right now, I can't hire full time for every single thing I need done. And so the, the real vision for the company is like, I need to hire a full-time editor. This is like a critical role that I don't have right now. I need more writers, but like, I need to hire an editor before I hire a bunch more writers, but I won't hit like the best level of profitability until I have enough writers under that editor. So organizationally, I'm like trying to figure out how to solve for bottlenecks while trying to worry less about optimizing like the net revenue that's coming in uh, and just make sure like we have enough cash flow to be paying for, for building out the organization a bit more. Yeah, I think uh, we have, we've had problems ourselves figuring out like how to delegate properly or bring people into the fold. But then mm -hmm. like as a founder, even as investors, you learn really quickly that if you can't delegate or if you can't hire properly, then you just, you can't scale. It's impossible. So yeah. that you figure that out and uh, having money and cash definitely makes a difference. So hopefully uh, you all unlock that demand and even more so maybe some people in Confluence can just give you the check to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. So next question, before I say like, tell investors what you want or something like that, <laughs> um, a lot of the startup world is romanticized, right? Uh, what do you think about the startup world sucks? Um, yeah, so I would say that there's a lot of, a lot of people chase this moment where you have something that hits product market fit and you imagine that there's going to be that, that it's going to change your life and that it's going to be easy from there on out. I, I think that that's something that I hear a lot is like, man, I just feel like I've tried so many things. And at, at some point you just, people just talk like at some point you just hit, you just hit your success. You know, it's like, if you throw enough darts at the board, like eventually you're going to have one that works. It's just a numbers game, but it's not, it's not that simple. I would say that the, this is my most successful, like cash flowing, you know, it has like a, a decent market fit sort of business. And it's probably the most emotional turmoil that I've ever felt. It's probably like the, the most difficult that it's ever been for me. Um, just because, you know, it, it feels like I'm spinning so, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm spinning so many plates and, and I, I have to do that. Like as a founder, often you have to do that to get to a point where you can replace yourself in different ways and, and, um, and keep scaling the business. And so right now it's, it's really painful. Um, every like, yeah, every day feels painful because I'm, I'm stretched so much. And, and there's a lot of anxiety around like what my customers are thinking and what the next steps are and, and how I can free up my time. And, you know, I have a young family, uh, I've got two kids and, and a wife. And so for me, it's like balancing that has been, has been difficult. Um, and it feels like I'm, I'm failing on one side or the other, right? So all of this life balance stuff, success, having like a lot of, a lot of, uh, emotional 
hardship also with it. I think uh, I think all, all of this is overlooked often. Got it. What is uh at this point? What is something that would be really really helpful for you, if uh, someone in our community could could solve? Like, what would make it suck a little bit less? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I have two ways of of solving my problems right now. Like, the, my my problems are all organizational. It's all based on like I need people to fill fill certain roles, um, and so like either I need to keep having a hard life for a while until I can scale the business enough to like to to have the organization in place, or I need to raise some money and and you know, just, just pay up front for some of this organizational structure that I need just to fulfill and have happy customers. Uh, I think in either scenario also, like I need, I need to hire the right people. So having people in my pipeline that I could trust, uh, and then just solving the, the kind of cash flow and organizational problems. These are where my brain's at right now. Gotcha. Um, Last thing is, uh, are there any types of investors that you want to meet through Confluence, or are you just not interested ever? <laughs> are you gonna? How does that? How does that feel? Are you open to people reaching out to you from this, or no? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very open minded to to you know any way that I can solve my problems. So I, I think that like I'm I'm really strong in the this indie hacker sort of community. And in that space, there are a lot of people that are against raising money. I've done it before. I think last time I raised, I raised um, from a mix of people and some of which I wouldn't raise from again, um, just because of having too many demands without, without taking the time to really understand the business. So I would be looking for people that are happy to give advice and, um, and are helpful, but probably more in the way of like connecting me with other helpful people, continuing my network and less on the side of like wanting to tell me how to run the day-to-day -day business. Um, that's where it gets difficult for me. It's like when there's too much demand on, like when, when it becomes just another big responsibility for me to manage their expectations and stuff on top of, on top of managing like the core business. Uh, and I have a lot of ideas for already how we're, how we're going to scale and change distribution and, and grow over time. And so uh, I just need the right people to be resources. And, and so I think personality and like culture fit for me matters more than, than, you know, just people throwing money at it. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No one wants commodity money. And I'm lying. Right. A lot of people want commodity money. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I've been one of those people at, at some point. Right. But I mean, if you're good at what you do, having actual helpful people who aren't interrupting your business is great. So investors, Please hear that, and and uh, if you come through us, don't make us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, with that, Clay, you want to take us out with uh, with some rapid fire? Yeah, let's do it. So, Dustin, we got these quick fire questions. It's five questions meant to be answered in two sentences or less. First one is, what's the best work purchase you've made in the last twelve months? Best work purchase. Um, I outsourced design for my business to uh, Brett from Design Joy. He's amazing. Uh, it, yeah, it was like twenty five hundred bucks a month, and he ended up building out like 
all of my designs that were in my head for just a billion projects in a few months. Amazing. Shout out him. I mean, I like the design on y'all's website a lot. The gradient background. There is uh, like it. Yeah. So, so Marvel was originally like designed by Brett from Design Joy, but it was for a different business. So I like repurposed this whole brand. But yeah, he killed it. I, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, what's a recommendation you hear regularly that you think is bad advice? I'll just, this is a bit of a cop-out answer, but I'd say that looking too hard at other businesses and what they've done is often a mistake. Um, I think anybody who's pushing their advice is the only way. Usually I wouldn't listen to that because everybody comes to success in a different way. And we we're often looking just at these big examples of success and not looking at the people who, who have done it, you know, the hundred other ways that are possible. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, in the last year, what new belief behavior habit has most improved your life? Um, biggest thing for me is, is something that came from atomic habits, which is this idea of just making, making the good things in your life more like easier to, to do. So like, if I, if I don't have a water bottle on my desk, then I'll never drink water. So I know I have to prep that in my day. Uh, and that's true with, with most things in my life. I just have to make the good choices easy. Dude, I do the same thing with water. I literally have to like track it out and give marks of like how many cups of water I drink. Oh yeah. See, I this guy's got all my, all my, you can't see it that well, but the one I'm holding right now has got uh, marks on it for like how much I'm drinking. It's 50 yeah. ounce bottle. So I know it like twice a day and I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah. For a while I just didn't do that. And I don't know. My mom did that to a more extreme extent. This woman had like 12 kidney stones and I do not want to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so now I just drink a ton of water every day. Um, last question we got. No, sorry, we got two more. So what's one piece of advice you'd give someone starting a company? Yeah, as early as possible, I'd surround myself with people that are already doing what you want to be doing. Uh, for me, that's been like startup, indie hacker, Twitter. These are people that, that I really respect. There's tons of people and it's easy to connect with them and ask real questions and engage. Uh, I wish I'd done that earlier. It's only been about a year of me doing that here, but it cha it's changed my life. Yeah. Have you met a lot of indie hackers in Nashville? Not in person yet. I mean, I only moved here in August, but I do, I have some plans to meet, meet some people around here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last one we've got, if you had one ask for our listeners, what would it be? I'd say really like the, the easiest thing is just go, go follow me on Twitter at terrible Dustin. You can follow the journey. I'm pretty, pretty transparent about how things are going. Sounds good, man. Uh, I mean, we'll also plug your business and say, go <laughs> 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 sign up. I mean, I'm not sad if you sign up, but <laughs> yeah, 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 I got one um, more. I want to, or one thing for us is enabling more and more founders are there any founders that you think would be a solid fit here for the Confluence podcast? Like maybe the folks from Design Joy or like someone else. Um, that'd be great. Everything should be for the community, by the community. So we trust your opinion. Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great one. Uh, Brett from Design Joy, he's still a one man band and has grown his business to like almost a hundred thousand a month in revenue. Um, Productized service. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. You got to go, go check it out. He talks pretty openly also about it. Um, he's incredible. He's balancing a lot of stuff. Last time I talked to him, he also had a day job 
uh, that like he was balancing all of this at the same time. So it's an amazing case of what a productized service can be and part of what inspired me to really start my own. Looking at their website right now. It's pretty hot. I'm looking His at design's <laughs> amazing. Really like the the reason that he's grown so fast is his design just speaks for himself. And instead of, instead of going through all this entire process of, of design that you typically see where it's like wireframes and rough drafts and ideation, he just goes straight to a high fidelity mock-up of it. That's like exactly how you would want the design. And if it doesn't hit, he'll revise it. Um, and so you just, you know exactly what you're getting like immediately with it. It's, it's, it's such a good experience. ASAP. One, for this podcast, because that, that revenue number monthly is incredible. And two, because I'm going to use him immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100% worth it. Like, we should get him to do our, our new Confluence website. I'll pay for it. This is great. Yeah, it looks sweet. It's so, it's so good. Honestly, I did it for, like, three or four months, and I had this huge backlog of, of like, ideas, and he just made it all come to life. Um, and so I have like, I have like 10 different Figma files with high fidelity prototypes, like exactly the way I would want to, to have it, you know, finalized. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just amazing. Pretty sick little business. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe I, I keep like, as soon as I was using it, I was like, I wish I was involved in this business because it's so good. Yeah. The revenue numbers are amazing. And I'm like, you could find people to like help scale this and, and like to train designers the right way to help scale this with you. But he just hasn't done it yet. I think he has a lot of fear that a lot of us feel like with a, a service where you're doing most of it. It's like nobody else can do it the way that I do it. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough. That's tough. Yeah, it's a dilemma. I mean, yeah, one way or another, I feel like he's kind of figured it out. Like 100K a month is not a small amount that's of money. Not, yeah, that's no joke. That's a side project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Um, well, cool, man. I think that wraps it up for questions for us. This has been sick. We will clean this up and shoot it back to you just so you have a chance to review it before we go live with anything. Um, yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, dude. Thanks so much again for saying yes. Pumped yeah, up. of course. This is everybody. Yeah, I'm excited. This is great. Um, all right, well, dude, sending love to you. Thank you so much. And uh, we're excited to get this out to the community. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And and uh, we'll be in touch on, on content <laughs> as a customer. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. Thanks so much. Talk to him. Later. Bye. Huge thanks again to Dustin for coming on this week, and we hope that each of you were able to pick up something valuable from this talk. If you're looking to get in touch with Dustin, we've linked his social info in the description below. You can also find out more about Marvel at their website, which is marvel.so. For next steps, if each of you have not submitted your info to become a member yet you can do that through our website at www.confluence.vc and also if you want to become a subscriber to the newsletter we offer a ton of free resources in there each and every week meant to help you become better at your individual roles you can subscribe there at www.confluence.substack.com hope that helps hope to hear from y'all soon